Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the Patriots' victory against the Detroit Lions in great fashion. We're also going to be taking a look at the upcoming next week's game. And then we're going to be looking at some off-season stuff with the Red Sox. Um, So let's get started. So this is the official first full start for Bailey Zappi, who comes into this with the injuries to both um, Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer. And Brian Hoyer was concussed in the last game, and it caused for Bailey Zappi to come in. Now, there was reports that came out that um, Robert Kraft wanted Bailey Zappi to start over Brian Hoyer. And if the last performance against Green Bay was any indication... I think he was a little bit all right on that one. Um, and in terms of what's going on right now, um, this was a very good game for Zappi, uh, a very good game for the Patriots. The defense was the story of the defense and the game. Peter Zappi, 17-21 with one touchdown, one interception, 188 yards. It wasn't his fault for that interception. It was the wide receiver's fault who tipped it into the hands of the, the cornerback there. Uh, Jared Goff had one interception, 19 of 35, 229 yards. The story for Jared Goff was getting it down the field, but couldn't get the touchdown. Uh, Couldn't really do too much. Ramondre Stevenson, 25 carries, 161 yards. It was his game. Damian Harris, 4 for 11. He was out with an injury in the middle of the game. Uh, Jamal Williams, 15 carries, 56 yards. Craig Reynolds, 6 for 24. New England and Detroit receiving yards. Jacoby Myers, 111 yards, 7 receptions, 1 touchdown. Very good game for Jacoby Myers. Um, Hunter Henry, 4, 54 yards. Ramondre Stevenson, 2 receptions, 14 yards. Tyquan Thornton's first game, 2 receptions for 7 yards. Um, first of potentially many future games for him. They were going a little slow on it. Josh Reynolds, um, 6, 92 yards. Craig Reynolds, 368 yards. Khalif Raymond, 5 receptions, 45 yards. Amara Ross St. Brown, a quiet game in his return from injury. 4 receptions, 18 yards. TJ Hawkinson only had 1 catch for 6 yards. Not great. Uh, New England fumbled uh, once, and uh, they recovered it. Jared Goff fumbled it with the Kyle Duggar return for the touchdown. So that was pretty good for him. He had a touchdown in that game. Um, Defensive-wise, we had a bunch of sacks. Two from Matthew Judon. Lone uh, Patriot with sacks in the game. And we saw zero from the defense. It was not a great game for the defense of the Detroit Lions. They They did not look good. Patriots were doing all they could. Deshaun Elliott, one interception for the Lions. Jack Jones, one interception for the Patriots. Um, Detroit kick returns. Maurice Alexander, two for 67 yards. And Khalif Raymond, two punt returns, 16 yards. Marcus Jones, one punt return for 12 yards. No kick returns for the Patriots. Um, Nick Folk had a very good game. Five of five on field goals, two of two on extra points. Uh, It was a good game for him, for sure. Um, punting Jack Fox, uh, had two for 88, Jake Bailey, two for 101. So 
this was a great game for the Patriots. Their defense was the shining star of this whole thing. It was the clear-cut winner in this one. Their defense was amazing, and getting the fumble, which led to the touchdown, that was uh, very good. They looked great. Bailey Zappi looked great as the young guy, as the rookie coming in here, and I think now he's the backup. This has proven, at least in my opinion, that he's a backup for sure. He's going to be the number two and should be the number two, and Brian Hoyer, whenever he comes back, should be the number three, and why Hoyer would ever be the number two again, don't know. He shouldn't be. So I would easily stick with this guy as the uh, number two because Bailey Zappi is great. So that was a very good game for the Patriots. They looked very good, and I wouldn't say there was anything wrong with that one at all. Um, They will be taking on another 1 o'clock game against the Cleveland Browns, which is in Cleveland. We have a 73% chance Cleveland wins this game, according to the matchups. 26% chance the Patriots win. This is way too early. Patriots probably don't have uh, Damian Harris because he's going to be questionable. But John New Smith is out. Um, and there is a few other guys on the other side. Denzel Ward is questionable. Uh, Jonathan Jones for the Patriots is questionable. Um, Nelson Aguilar is questionable. Um, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, in terms of that, um, yeah, the Patriots looked great, and this next game is going to be interesting, um, don't exactly know what we will see from the Patriots, uh, at this point, um, and who knows where this will go, but it was a good week, it was a good week against a team that wasn't really that great, Dan Campbell made a few poor decision-making, uh, choices, and, They were a team that was a high-scoring team through most of the season so far, and it really was one of those things where they just, for one reason or another, it seemed like they could um, not get it going today. And again, Amal Ross St. Brown has come back from injury, which he was one of their best options, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And so, uh, yeah, it was... It was a good game for the Patriots, and, you know, Zappi proved himself to me as a clear number two for the Patriots, and I think you'd be stupid not to have that, but, you know, I think they're overall just not a bad team. Now, this game just kind of dawned a few things on me, that the Patriots are looking at what could be a very good offseason because they've structured their team in a way that they can have a lot of potential great draft choices. They have great young players. I think Jack Jones is proving to be a great rookie, as is Cole Strange, and I think also Bailey Zappi. I mean, Belichick has been building some sort of, you know, cap space relief for the future, because uh, he has uh, Isaiah Wynn, who's going to be a free agent. He's had other guys who have been potentially uh, free agents, uh, and they got rid of Shaq Mason. And they just look like, you know, they're building with the rookies and the young guys and eventually going to have space to fill their roster how they want to. And one of the things that Belichick has done also is 
acquire draft picks, and one of the things he loves to do is acquire future draft picks that are going to be better than the ones they trade at that time. So Belichick will trade a first-round pick in you know this year's draft, and then you know later on trade a player for or that player for a better uh, first-round pick, or in the most recent draft, he traded, I believe it was a third-round pick for something, and got a better third-round pick from the Panthers in return, or a better fourth-round pick from the Panthers in return. Um, so that's in the future, but still, he's looking at, okay, well, I know two years from now I get this first or this third or this whatever, but it's going to be at least 20 spots higher in that round than the pick I would have uh, had this year. So he looks at it totally different and, you know, he's set himself up for um, a good future with this team. Obviously there are some holes. There are a lot of holes, but, um, you know, I think, you know, we're going to be all right. Now the biggest problem that I see is Zappi's been playing great. What happens in a week or two when Mac Jones is healthy and he's like, time to come back, like, the question comes to Belichick, are you going to keep Zappi in the game, or are you going to go out there and say, hey, we're going to go with someone else instead, you know, we're going to go with um, Mac Jones again, or are you going to go with Bailey Zappi, what's like the sort of thought process here, I don't know, um, they'll have to kind of cross that bridge when they get there, but in terms of this team, I think Zappi's been doing great in this role, and my hope is maybe he can be a Matt Castle or hopefully better because Matt Castle came in when Brady was hurt and then he moved around. They traded him. And so hopefully he can come back healthy and uh, Mac Jones and then Zappi can stay as the number two. And, you know, it's good to know that he can at least hold the fort down when um, Mac Jones is not um, healthy. So it was a good game and we'll see what the Cleveland Browns bring next week. Now, Boston Red Sox. Uh, I want to take a second to talk about the Boston Red Sox. Now, this is a team that had a terrible year. The Boston Red Sox were not good. There are as many holes on the Red Sox as anything. And they are a team that there's so many problems that I think just aren't really going to help this team. And for me, they're going to have to make some big moves this offseason. Now, one of the great things that the Red Sox have going for them recently is the fact that they have a lot of young talent in the prospects that they have that could end up being something for this team. And that, in turn, means that those guys could potentially get traded and it could actually work a little bit better um, long-term because... Um, they can get, you know, pieces that actually, uh, they actually want to have, like, uh, players who are better fitting for this team and for a championship team than, you know, younger players, uh, you know, uh, who are in the farm system. So, I think Jerem Bloom is going to have to make some splashes, and I think he's going to have to go out there and get something or some piece, and I personally would say... My ideal first choice, in my opinion, is Aaron Judge because we do need another outfielder. And I think 
with our infield, we're pretty set. And obviously, in terms of batters, like he hit a lot of home runs. So Aaron Judge, I think, would be my number one choice for players on this team, potentially. Um, I will say that in terms of pitching, they need way, way too much to deal with. You know, they need a true closer, some relievers, uh, some starters, because there's going to be a lot of guys who are free agents, and they don't really have, like, that one person that's going to be there as, like, you know, the true uh, starter, besides Brian Bella. Brian Bella looks like he's going to be a starter and a starter for the future, but in terms of the rest of the team, I don't really think there's anyone that I can say, yeah, this dude's, like, set as, like, a starter for this team. Chris Sale gets hurt too much. Uh, Valdi, probably going to be a free agent, not going to resign. Um, then you got Michael Waka, who's probably not going to stick around. Paxton is hopefully going to come back from injury, but we don't know what we get out of a James Paxton. Um, Rich Hill is just way too old, and I think his like sixth or seventh stint with the Red Sox, I just don't see him... Uh, sticking around that much anymore um i think uh unfortunately for him i think uh his time is over but uh just in terms of this team they do need a definite upgrade when it comes to that spot on the roster like they do need an upgrade at the uh pitching starting pitching for sure and they do need relievers but it's one of those things where I think just the Red Sox are a decent team with potential, but they have to make, um, you know, they they have to make the right choices, uh, and I think there's potential. So I was reading an article from NBC Sports talking about why the Red Sox shouldn't feel urgency to sign Devers this winter, um, and. Devers, I don't think he's gonna have as big of a market as Xander. Um, in my opinion, um, I think Xander has a much bigger market because shortstops, you know, tend to have the bigger markets, especially if you look at last offseason, you know, with the guys that were available. Um, I think, obviously, Devers is, in my opinion, someone I would rather have on our team than Bogarts just because of the positions that we see out of, you know, what is Devers? He can be DH third base, uh, whereas Bogarts is our shortstop, but we have other shortstops who, whether it's Trevor Story or Jeter Downs or what have you, I just think obviously there is um, other shortstops that can potentially um, fill in that uh, spot down the line. I don't know if it'll happen, but it's a possibility. And so for the... Um, Boston Red Sox, like, they need to, um, you know, prioritize Devers over Bogarts, even though Bogarts probably would be the one who has the bigger market. Um, and this article looks at um, the urgency of getting a Xander signing done, but um, I think uh, Devers is someone that they say you can kind of wait a little bit. Um, and, uh, you don't have to go out there and do it right away. Um, you know, I think, uh, they're going to probably have to deal with, um, the other side first, uh, Xander. But regardless, um, 
they should bring both of those guys back because I'm sure they both want to be um, guys who are part of the roster because they're great and they fit here. And, you know, can't really say too much more. Um, so, yeah, that's something that they should do. I also was reading an article which came out uh, a few days ago from the Red Sox. It was on NBCSports.com also. Red Sox should make these three changes to better their roster. Number one is trade uh, prospects. So um, they could trade um, some of the guys like David Hamilton, Alex Benellis, uh, Franklin German. Uh, they could trade uh, Jared Duran. Uh, obviously, he's not a prospect anymore, but they could potentially trade him. Uh, left-hander Dar Darzwinaj Hernandez. Um, so, yeah, they could go out there. Um, also, Sedane Rafella, who is an outfielder, potentially. Um, so, that's something that they could uh, invest in doing, is trading away someone like that. Um, make one impact signing for every two budget ones. Um, so, I don't really know what that means. My guess is, like... Getting a bigger named player, um, and uh, I don't know if that means uh, two smaller ones to go along with it or what, but um, maybe uh, that could be uh, what they need to do. Um, and number three, the article says act quickly, which um, basically don't wait and to see what happens, just kind of make decisions and go with it fast and get your moves done as quickly as possible so potentially uh, you don't lose out on players and I think there was a sense of a sort of waiting period for the Red Sox last year it was a little bit of a domino effect from you know one move after um, another but I just don't think at the end of the day um, they need to really uh, wait they should get their moves done and start quicker and not really have to kind of wait around for, you know, what else is going on. And I think, uh, you know, that's what they need to do. So, um, I was also looking at an article involving um, the catchers, uh, Reese McGuire and Connor Wong. And it looked at um, if these guys uh, are going to be good players and how Charm Bloom is going to address the catcher position. Um, and what's the situation with them? So, uh, he was, uh, Chairman Bloom was asked about this, and his response was, I think both of these guys showed well, um, which is good for them, good for us. We didn't want to be in a position where we were in the end, um, but we tried to make the most of that position in terms of giving them opportunities, both uh, for their growth and benefit and for ours. I think they definitely raised the floor in what we have now um that said this is one of the areas that i fully expect we're going to explore additions it's nice to know that we have at least two guys that are familiar with how we do things that showed a lot of good things but we owe it to ourselves and everybody who cares about this team to look to get better catcher is certainly not going to be an exception to that so this sounds like he looks like they're going to improve at the catcher position and while he is saying yes we have good catchers that know the system we also could use an upgrade and I think that's exactly uh, what they're saying and I do think that there is some truth to that because um, 
While I do think that Cherum Bloom is onto something here, this is not anything new. Connor Wong is not really the greatest catcher. He's still young. And Reese McGuire was just brought in because we got rid of one catcher and they wanted to bring in someone else who could actually play. And so, personally, I think um, they're going to try and make upgrades when they can and where they can. But in terms of the uh, catcher spot, um, it sounds like they have two guys here that know the system, but they're definitely going to look for upgrades. And so I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if that's the case. Uh, who that is, I don't know. Could that be bringing back Christian Vasquez? Could that be trading for a catcher? Could that be signing someone in for agency? Those are the questions. We don't have any answers yet, but we'll have to wait and see. So if you are going for a catcher, um, you know, that's important. Um, I think they have a lot of needs, and it's just going to be interesting to see exactly what they do in terms of um, the catching spot and just all the spots in general because there's a lot of holes, and we'll see how they fill them.